Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Welcome to the Prepping Academy podcast, Ladies' Night. Uh, we're here with you tonight. Uh, last last week, Uncle Buck and Forrest uh, kicked us off. Uh, this is our first podcast solo. So we've got an uh, interesting and fascinating guest for you tonight. Uh, Preppy Squirrel, how was your week? Um, my week was good. Better than the previous several. I'm sure of that. Um, well, tonight we have a guest... Um, or AKA Sage Rivers. You can find her on PrepperNet.net. She is founder of the PrepperNet Sisterhood. And we wanted to just, uh, she's fascinating in many areas and we wanted to pick her brain tonight on some topics that I think will be of interest to the ladies out there. Welcome to the show, Linda. Hi, thank you ladies. Good evening. It's great to be here. All right. Linda. Uh, you've, been, you've been in prepping uh, longer than me. Um, so I first met you in PrepperNet, I don't know how many years ago, but you had already been in it for quite some time. Um, can you tell us how you got started in prepping? Well, um, originally, you know, it was the uh, 1999 <laughs> and I was in the middle of Walmart and somebody said that the computer systems were going to go down. So I started to panic a little bit and I ran around getting flashlights and all that other stuff and totally unprepared and wasn't even thinking about, uh, you know, a collapse of the computer systems and everything. Um, and so I realized at that point in time on <laughs> New Year's Eve, 1999, that I probably needed to be more aware of what's going on around me. And, um, and then I started uh, putting away a little bit of this and putting away a little bit of that. But I also was raised by my grandmother. And so she was a depression era lady. And she taught me everything from storing um, Rock, uh, you know, the little, uh, uh, what are they, buttercups and <laughs> all your paper towel holders and everything else to gardening and, um, and just learning to survive and, uh, you know, on very little um, and being a little bit stingy with uh, what she had. Uh, I don't want to say stingy, but she was frugal, very frugal. Frugal, yeah. so, did, you, did you save the uh, aluminum foil? Did y'all reuse your um, temple? Oh, she, yes, yes, ma'am. She saved that aluminum foil. <laughs> you got to love her. <laughs> but um, 
from there, uh, from 1999 on, I really was so busy raising children um, that I just didn't give a whole lot of thought to uh, being a super prepper, I guess I should say. I would do gardening and I would put away and I would stash some things here and there and have a little extra of this and a little extra of that because we also... Um, go through some tornadoes and hurricanes in our area and you know I've been through a blizzard uh, back when I was younger and so you know we kind of were always prepared for those small things um, but then I started looking on a bigger scale and um, started listening to alternative medias and things like that and I'm like you know what the light bulb is coming on and so I started uh, ramping up some things, and over the last three or four years, I've really ramped up. Um, and so I'm, I'm all ready to go. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, one big thing that you've done that's helped so much of the community and has built a just um, community of ladies who support each other and help each other and give each other advice and um, teach each other things about prepping and preparedness. It's a group called the Sisterhood. Can you tell us what made, what made you think of starting that? Well, I had contemplated it a long time before I actually did um, get the gumption, as my grandmother would say, up to do it um, because it seemed to me that a lot of prepping within our community was geared toward men. And however, a lot of women were prepping before the husbands, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of single women were prepping because we do have those nesting uh, tendencies and we do um, have a little bit more fear than uh, of things going wrong and us not being able to control it because women do have that, you know, tendency to control things. So um, I just decided that, you know, we needed our own little special group of women to where we can guide and lead them with love and tenderness and care because I've seen several women in the past just freak out and panic when they listen to a book or read a book or hear a story or hear something on the news. And I wanted them to feel like they had a safe space to go to learn how to prep, uh, to meet other women who do the exact same thing so that they're not always in a panic mode. So that's how the sisterhood came about. Uh, that was brilliant. That's a good thing. I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's it's very important to everybody who's in it. I, I think they all get a lot out of it. So and making those, yeah, and making those connections. Uh, Forrest began PrepperNet as Carolina Prepper Network, and his goal was to actually um, bring people together in a network, not only just for Carolinas, the Carolinas, it started in, you know, North Carolina and spread to South Carolina and went other places. But his goal was that if we were ever, um, well, his, all of his uh, 
first comments were if I had a child in college out in California and I needed that child to get home in a stuff hit the fan situation, then I want to have those connections along the way to get my child home. And that's another reason that I also wanted women to be included because they're going to feel safer reaching out to a network of women if they're traveling than a network of men. And so I want people to feel safe if they're coming through my area to say, hey, Sage Rivers, can I stop by there? I mean, you know, it's it's hurricane. I need a place to stay. Um, stuff has hit the fan. You know, I need to to stop over one night along the way. And so that was Forrest's original intention of Carolina PrepperNet, Prepper a.k.a. PrepperNet, Prepper Network. So, um, you know, I just tried to continue that on uh, with with the ladies so that we would have another female to reach out to if you were traveling alone, if you were in a place where you needed safe haven or shelter. Absolutely. I mean, I, I have found that to be useful and true in, in my current situation. And I have to travel between um, North Carolina and Pennsylvania. And along the way, I know there are people from the sisterhood that I can count on in my journey going through those states. Virginia, you know, I go by Tennessee, West Virginia. I can connect to these ladies that we talk to every week. And um, I need to break my trip up. I've got a place to stay. If if I have my car breaks down, all I have to do is call one of these ladies. So it's really uh, turned out to be an amazing network um, along those lines. And it is great to be able to reach out to the women. It is a lot more comfortable. I have found, too, that um, because my daughter lives in Pennsylvania now, I was able to reach out to the city leader in the city near her. And I just made a trip up there and met with him and we sat down and talked and he assured me that anything my daughter needed, he was there for. If, if a stuff hit the fan happened, she's taken care of. So what, I mean, is there anything better than that? No, that is just amazing. And that was the whole purpose of, you know, PrepperNet and making those connections. Um, you know, I have a son in Arizona and I want those connections coming all the way across to the East Coast so that I can call them up or, you know, get on the the CB because I am a truck driver um, or, or even the amateur radio, ham radio system and try to get him what you want to call state hopping all the way across to the East Coast to get him home to where he needs to be in a safe haven. Yep. Well, and, and like, in addition to emergencies, I mean, well, and it's, I guess everybody's definition of an emergency is, would vary as well, but during COVID, you know, how many, how many people benefited from the sisterhood chats and then some, you know, there were some impromptu gatherings to, you know, stay up and chat over um, bowls of cereal, glasses of wine, you know, ice cream, whatever somebody needed at the moment. And, um, you know, so there's that. I mean, just uh, a fellowship, uh, just, you know, somebody to hang out with. I mean, it, it serves that as well. 
Yes. And somebody to support you in other avenues of your life other than prepping. That's true. And you said it was a safe space for women. So, you know, sometimes we're not all about the the beans and the ammo. <clears throat> and we have different family situations and scenarios that we as women have to think about more right. in our role. And um, speaking of women in different roles, so Sage Rivers, you have an interesting career. Can you tell well, us about it just a little bit? Yeah, for 30 years, I was actually a physical therapist. Um, but every once in a while, I would take a sabbatical and learned how to drive an 18 wheeler. And so my husband and I have went on trips together in the past and ran team. And now we have decided because of COVID and um, mandates and things like that, I decided to come out of the medical field. And so we decided that we were going to truck drive together all over the 48. So um, we do that. Every, we've been doing that for two, a little over two years. All right, so that, that takes you very far from home. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Preppy. Oh, I say time flies two, two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Time does fly. Seems like yesterday. So, so I'm yeah. so obsessed, like we said on the on the last episode where um, Forrest interviewed us, and he likes to tell the story about how full the trunk of my car is all the time when I when I travel, and honestly, even when I when I'm not traveling, I just have all this stuff that I worry about, or I have these what if scenarios in my head, and I might need something, so it goes in my car. So you being so far from home, I mean, you go to California and back, West yeah. Coast to East Coast. And so how much stuff, what is your, I don't even, I don't even want to call it a get home bag at this point. I, I don't know what to call it for you. How much stuff do you carry with that thought in your head? And what is your plan in terms of a get home scenario? It's a get home house, a rolling house. It's a get home house. <laughs> All right. So our, our thoughts of how to get home, um, stem on several different things. You know, uh, we worry about EMPs and then we worry about diesel shortages and the uh, diesel um, oil shortages and the death shortages. You know, we went through that just recently with um, how we were going to get from A to B if we didn't have any diesel or if an EMP hit. So I actually have prepared the bug out bags um, so that if we did have to jump out of that truck in a hurry, there's one particular thing that we grab that should take care of us on the way home. Now that on the way home, if we're in California, we've got places to stay throughout every state, but getting there by foot or, you know, hitching a ride or finding somebody with a 57 Chevy or a, a 69 Camaro, you know, that hadn't been affected by the EMP. You know, we keep a lot of cash on us um, and uh, some other things to barter with. So um, that's one scenario of getting home if we had to, to you know, hop states uh, for uh EMP, you know, our truck doesn't work. If we're out of diesel, um, we would have to do the same thing, really, um, unless we have a rescue team come from 
where we live in the South Carolina all the way out to where we are. Um, so with that in mind, we have everything that we need to get us from location to location. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. There's one thing I haven't done yet, and that is actually do stashes at each location. There's only a few that I've done that with. Um, but some of the other ones, I don't have a cash um, stash there of things that would get us back to the next destination. And, you know, our plans are we have, you know, plenty of maps. We don't just use the GPS. We use maps, um, real hands-on maps. So we have that uh, set up for each location and routes that take us away from the big roads and can get us in the back roads. Now, if it's a case of having to get home, um, let's just say, for example, um, when COVID came about, we had letters that we were sent with from state to state to state to state. Um, so it gets us through the states if they had a state lockdown because of our job. And, um, you know, we didn't have to use them. But in the case of them locking down a state, let's just say, um, at their borders, and for some reason you can't get through, um, those letters actually would have helped greatly um, because of what we do and what we're delivering and the necessity of it, then, you know, that usually gets us through a locked down state. So I'm not too worried about the lockdown states um, because when you're driving an 18 wheeler and you've got precious um, cargo on the back of it mm -hmm. that somebody needs, then, you know, uh, and those letters really help you get through the states. But, you know, when it's coming to on foot, uh, that's a little scary. <laughs> but right. I, have, I have a plan that I'm going to state hop all the way home or city hop. It just depends. I'm not going to make it through all the way through Texas, um, you know, in one day. <laughs> on foot. There's no way. Um, so, you know, we have those people and safe havens in place um, to get us from one point to the next. Hey, let's take a quick break. Has your data been hacked? Do you feel uneasy about the vulnerability of your personal information online? Were you involved in the Target, LinkedIn, or Microsoft data leaks? Don't know? If not, then pay attention. Join Forrest Garvin from PrepperNet for a free webinar on privacy and security. Gain insights into safe internet browsing, VPNs, crafting online aliases, secure emails, detecting if your data has been hacked, and managing passwords. Secure your spot today for this webinar on privacy and security. It's free. This webinar delves into comprehensive strategies for bolstering your online privacy. We've got you covered from fortifying your passwords to shielding your financial information and mastering state-of-the-art encryption techniques. We're offering two convenient dates to suit your schedule. Reserve your spot now at PrepperNet.com privacy. Don't let cyber threats erode your peace of mind any longer. Take the first step toward a safer, more secure online experience by joining us for our free webinar. 
Remember, knowledge is power when it comes to safeguarding your privacy. Sign up now at PrepperNet.com slash privacy. We'll see you there. So that, yeah, that's interesting that you had to drive with these letters because um, a lot of people have bug out locations that they think they're going to get to. And honestly, depending on the severity of the next pandemic or anything like that, there may even be limited travel between cities. I think people had encountered some of this where there were some kind of roadblocks and so forth. So that's a whole other dimension to trying to get to your bug out location. I mean, across state lines, that's, I can definitely see something like that happening. But you've got your plan in place. You're going to city hop, state hop. Might take you three months to get home, but you're going to get yeah. home to those grandbabies. Right? I am going to get home to those grandbabies for That's real. Right. Yes. So um, so I kept hearing a lot about the deaf pending doom shortage, and it was going to happen in like two weeks, two weeks. Can you explain what that is and why didn't it happen when they were screaming two weeks and the trucking industry shuts down? What happened? Well, with our deaf dealer, (laughs) Jeff dealer, (laughs) um, his drivers actually told us in August of last year that by the end of September, the 1st of October, they were going to be completely out of deaf. And so, um, What I'm thinking is there were rumors that there was places in Utah that could make deaf just as easy as uh, any place overseas. And um, I think that through the back channel, somehow they started making that deaf here in the States uh, or ramping up production, I should say. And no one really talked about actually how it got made and where it was coming from. Um, I also believe that, you know, in the oil, the Russian Ukraine thing and the oil shortages that were to come, I think that um, the United States took back channels to buy it from India, who was buying it from Russia So somehow, you know, they made a way to get it back to the United States. Um, I don't know about what's coming up. I mean, we talked about the oil additives that were shortaged. So they found a way to get those additives created through maybe BASF or some um, United States plant. And they started ramping up production. Um, I just think that sometimes these shortages get talked about and made huge when there's other plans in place and no one knows those plans just they just keep appearing (laughs) yeah like magic and i was under the impression at that time that it had something to do with the railroads and what was being prioritized and and perhaps that got re-prioritized yeah, because the rails never shut down, even though they were supposed to go, um, I think it was, uh, what was it, October or November, and then they were, uh, they held off on the, the um, um, right. yeah, they held off, and then they kept going until December. The rails are still running. Uh, 
I mean, everywhere I go, I see a train moving. And um, so all that that they were talking about, um, I just don't think it happened as much as, or in the, how do I say this? The, the, it might have happened on a smaller scale, but not on the larger scale that everybody was thinking. Well, clearly, or or we wouldn't be sitting here talking today. Right, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so you mentioned part of your hopping plan to get home that you have some stashes or caches along the way. Um, without giving anything away, um, can you tell what form that takes? Like uh, when you say form, are you talking food, security, medical? So yeah, those are the components. But like, uh, is it is it underground? Is it is it in the house? Is it you know? Um, a, a few of ours are with friends and on their property, not necessarily in their homes. And a few of them are you know just different locations that we've stopped. We know. Um, where to get some things. I haven't, I haven't actually gotten any storage units or anything like that, but um, most of them are with friends, family, that kind of thing, right, or good. in their general location. Mm -hmm. Just don't forget where you put them. That's right. X marks the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, and how many, so how many kids and grandkids do you have? Well, I've raised over 13 children. However, I only have seven children. And right now, as of today, we only have, oh man, did I miscount? Uh, 10 grandkids? 10? Something like that. <laughs> only 10. You only have 10. Only, only have 10. Um, for now, for now. And so, um, it's a big family, big family, or it's getting bigger. It is. And how many, uh, how many of your family and extended family are of the same mindset with prepping and preparedness? Um, let's see. I've got one kid in Arizona. They are of that mindset. I just don't know how much they've done. Um, I've got two that are local that are of that mindset. And I, uh, I know what they have, um, but finances, you know, can be a, a hindrance to younger folks. And then I've got one in Tennessee that I'm working on. Um, she's so proud of her freezer full of food, um, but that's about as far as that one goes. And um, then I've got another one that uh, I don't think... I just don't think he'll ever be prepared. Um, let's see how many does that make so far. <laughs> and then the other one, nah, nothing at all. All right. So you have, so you have 10 grandbabies and some of these children and grandchildren live near you and near some new, some property that you've just bought. What are some of the extra challenges that you face in your own preparations related to the fact that you have these grandchildren? Well, the challenges I think that I face is making sure that 
they have what they need when stuff hits the fan. Just because, you know, uh, finances are limited for younger uh, families. Um, they have kids to raise. They have things they have to do. They've got uh, bills and everything like that. And I guess that I'm in the position right now to where I can spend that extra cash on homeschooling supplies. And, you know, kids grow like crazy. You could put a kid in a 4T and next week he's in a 5T. Um, so I go ahead and buy clothing years out. Prime example, grandbaby number, I don't know, nine or 10, no, grandbaby number nine uh, came over here with snow boots on. And that reminded me that I had bought him like three years worth of snow boots. So I went up in size for three years. I bought him gloves for think three or four years and I bought him hats um, and then the warm socks and you know I just buy all those extras for those years because these kids are going to grow and they're going to grow fast and then the homeschooling supplies um, I've got curriculums that I want that I listen to me that I want them to go through however uh, I'm pretty sure the parents would agree um, that those curriculums are the appropriate ones. So I am stashing back curriculums from K-3, uh, from kindergarten all the way up to the 12th grade. And um, so those are the two two ways that I am um, helping out to get those grandkids where they need to be in a, a prepping mentality. So... What what do you think in terms of like your prepping? What challenges have you had that you think um you know relate to you being female? Like, do you feel like there's any uh, hurdles you had to overcome, in, you know, as a female to well, get where you want to meet your goal? Yeah, in the beginning, as a female, uh, you know, a lot of women have trouble getting their spouses on board. And it took my spouse quite a while to come around. And so that was not number one challenge. And I think that's a big challenge that most women face is the getting the spouse on board. Um, the other challenge would be lifting and pulling and, and moving and building and all that. So now that I've got the spouse on board, then I just crack the whip and have him do it. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I ask, I ask if he will do it, you know, I give him the look so he does it. So, um, anyway, uh, the challenges, like I said, that I faced in the beginning was not having a spouse on board. And the second challenge is, is, you know, building the shelves and digging the, the well holes and the septic systems and the, you know, replacing windows and doing all that stuff. You know, it's, I'm not young. <laughs> you can tell by seven kids and nine and 10 grandkids. Um, you know, I'm not young. So, I, you know, I physically, there is a challenge there as a woman. And then financially in the beginning, when I first started, um, there was lots of things I wanted. Um, but, you know, financially, I had to take it one step at a time. 
And the one thing that I would like to say to every person, women or man, um, is get yourself out of debt as quick as you can. And then every penny that you can put toward a, a bag of beans, a bag of rice, uh, a box of ammo, or a box of band-aids is just one step further uh, getting closer to your goals of prepping and getting prepared for what's to come. Awesome. That's great advice. Um, and Preppy, I think Preppy Squirrel has a lot of physical uh, work to do around your farm that you do the majority of the work there. Well, I haven't I wouldn't say farm yet, but garden. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I would like to, I would like to develop the property to where, it, you know, yeah, it, it's like what I want it to, to develop is like a permaculture farm with a garden in it you know, a, a vegetable garden surrounded by a permaculture. Farm. But you're out there digging the holes, driving the tractors. Yeah. So I bought a tractor. Uh, that was my, maybe my midlife crisis or whatever you want to call it. But um, because, yeah, I did realize my age and I was like, you know, pushing these wheelbarrows is getting harder. And um, it was tearing my knee out and, and pushing it uphill. That's that specific stress. Um, so, yeah, I bought a tractor, a little, it's a little tiny tractor, but, you know, it's a really expensive wheelbarrow. <laughs> but it, it helps. It did, it takes a lot of the burden off, uh, you know, and um, it, it was worth it. You know, it's money well spent, I think. And it's going to last forever. And my neighbors are all really glad I have it. <laughs> so it's a, it's a good community uh, building thing, too. That is, that's a great way to get to know your neighbors and build trust and build community there, sharing that labor. So uh, getting back to you being on the road all the time, Linda, um, what do you, you're out on the road. What worries you most about that? What do you, what do you uh, think is the most likely thing to happen? The most likely thing? Well, Probably a, full, a fuel shortage. Um, if if it's not the fuel shortage, then it, my biggest fear, of course, is an EMP. You know, shutting down the truck, can't move that baby, can't do anything, can't get behind it, can't push it, can't put a bicycle on the back of it because that adds too much weight to the truck. And so, uh, you know, the biggest fear is always an EMP. Um, but I think the most likely would be a fuel shortage. And, you know, I don't foresee, um, we follow a lot of loves and truck, uh, um, pilot flying J, uh, news and what they have to say on the shortages and things like that. And I think they have a pretty good handle. I know the pilot flying J, they have storage a ton of storage for fuel and death and things like that. So we may be in a location where we can't get fuel at that particular place, but we may be able to go 50 miles down the road and hit a pilot and get it. Um, so I, and of course I do this with my own car. Um, I never let my gas tanks or my fuel tanks get below uh, halfway. I don't yep. <laughs> just because just because if we're in the middle of Texas 
or in the middle of a desert going from maybe Arizona to New Mexico. And we're in a long stretch where there's no fuel. And let's say that we finally get to that fuel station and they're out of fuel, then I need to be able to get to the next one. So I never, never, ever go past half full. <laughs> so I know a guy named Uncle Buck. He never lets his car go past three quarters of a tank. So he's he's filling up a lot. Yeah, well, in a big truck, if you go, if you, if you, I'd be stopping a lot if I went, you know, just to three quarters. Right. So we got to at least get a 10 hour, 10 hour drive in. And then that's when we fuel. And that gets us about a thousand miles. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's a lot further than I would have thought. Yeah. Great. Have you ever, um, uh, I guess we should take just a minute and talk about, about Zello and what it is and, and how it relates to the sisterhood. Um, Preppy, you want to, you want to take that? Okay. I, I missed something there. It didn't come clear on my end. I said, I think we ought to take just a minute to talk about Zello and the Tuesday night Zello and what it is and what Zello is. Okay. Um, Zello is a, a push to talk app. You download it from your normal app stores, Google, Amazon, you know, Apple app store, whichever. And um, once you get it, you create an account like you do with most apps and um, you can have a, you know, a private name or, you know, a bogus, or, you know, a fictitious name or radio handle type name. And um, then you, you would, there are various groups available on channels on, on Zilla, but in particular, you would want to find the, the PrepperNet channel and then the PrepperNet dash sisterhood channel. And, um, and then we use that to have group chats um, um, on a scheduled basis on Tuesday night, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And PrepperNet at large has their meeting on Monday night um, at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And uh, these are the first portion of these calls are, are done. They're moderated or, um, in a in an orderly fashion and then <clears throat> after the the you know the um that part of the program is over then we open it up to just general fit that and people stay on until the hours of the morning sometimes and they're just they're really nice opportunities to reconnect with everybody um so and linda is able to participate from whichever state she's in on that given evening. It's always nice to find out where she's at. Yeah. And I, and I, I thank God for preppy squirrel on it on nights when I'm getting sleepy and she'll sit there and talk to me until, <laughs> until I pretty much pull the truck over and switch drivers. So preppy keeps me awake on occasion. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Uh, and uh, another thing about those, the Zello nights, either the Monday night or the Tuesday night ladies night, is that we pose a topic that we discuss and it's always prepping related. So uh, especially if you're a little bit newer to the prepping world, you can learn so much from the experienced preppers. Uh, I remember in the beginning, I would just take pages of notes whenever I would listen in on the on the Zello nights. Um, now, Zello can also just be used um to communicate again, like, like 
walkie talkies and we've used it. Um, Preppy, do you, Preppy Squirrel, do you mind if I tell your incident yeah. the other night? Okay. Sure. So um, Preppy Squirrel was on her way to, to come to our uh, monthly meetup uh, in our city and she was in a car accident and she was able to call on Zillow and many of us leave it turned on so we could hear her and respond to the call. And then a couple of people from the restaurant in our group said, well, we'll go get her. You know, she, she's been in an accident. Let's go get her. And again, this is the whole PrepperNet, um, having connections in different cities uh, and having people you can rely on or having people to rely on to keep you awake when you're driving your truck at midnight. Uh, well, we also, and we also have, um, you know, during weather events, you know, we will, um, we will, you know, keep a kind of everybody will kind of take turns being up at different hours, you know, to moderate, to monitor in case somebody needs, you know, needs something. Yes, we yeah. had that event with the Cajun Navy with Forrest sure. and used the, the Zello to actually communicate and get intel to help the Cajun Navy. Uh, go and rescue people in South Carolina during that year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember, you know, I was watching on Facebook and different cities, uh, city groups, uh, Facebook groups from, you know, cities in the area where the storm was causing the most flooding. And then we were able to identify that people, you know, were requesting assistance and help and get their information. And then, pass that on through Zello or through the PrepperNet, you know, Zello and pass that forward. And then we were also monitoring some other Zello channels that had been set up for that purpose as well, because the, um, the cable companies and the um, internet companies had opened up the router so that anybody could log into them and use them for, you know, emergencies. And even though they couldn't necessarily get, you know, some people didn't have cell phone service, others did. But anyway, as, a, as an additional option for reaching help, they had opened up a lot of the routers and stuff, and people were using that to get online and request help. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. It but was even amazing. prior to, actually, I remember even prior to, it was a couple of days before the hurricane landed in North Carolina, there were people, we were already monitoring, and there was a woman she was over, I think, in the Piedmont, and she had like, she had like some elderly neighbors she was caring for. She had her own children. Her husband was stationed overseas, and um, she had like these little cows and a big cow and some dogs and all this stuff that she needed to get off of her property and someplace safe. And her trailer wasn't working for some reason, and. I mean, within hours, that was all solved. People from PrepperNet and or people they knew had gone out and got this lady's trailer hooked up and fixed the tire and somebody offered her a place to put the cows and somebody else gave them a house to stay in. And within hours, that woman's situation was all taken care of. So, you know, it's, it's nice to know, you know, we can all get in and make stuff like that happen. So. Yes. Have you uh, have you found any other use for Zello on the road on the trucking road? Um, I had a death in my family, and uh, we were heading down to Florida during a hurricane, and I 
used that uh, because I didn't want to stop anywhere and check the weather and all that. And I had one guy who was giving me details on what road to take and stay away from this area and all that, all the way down to Florida um, because we were in a panic to get there because um, we were trying to get there actually before the passing, but didn't quite make it. And, um, and we had a friend on Zello, one of the PrepperNet guys who actually talked to me all the way down there and told me where the heaviest rains were going to be, what I needed to do. Could I shoot off in this direction? You know, that kind of thing. So um, that has been, other than keeping me awake, that has been a lifesaver for me. Zello has got many wonderful uses. That's well, amazing. Yeah. Uh, was that PrepperNet guy? Was he in, was he from Florida or somewhere else? And just helping you track? The no, weather? he he was from somewhere else, and he is an he was an Amron guy, okay. um, and uh, he was getting intel from different locations in Florida. But he was over in North Carolina. Well, so speaking of Zello. Um, we have, like I said, a different topic every week on the Ladies Channel. And one of the topics that comes up frequently is alternative medicines or, you know, uh, different way, herbal remedies and things like that, because at some point we may not have access to the medicines that we currently have. And my go-to person for a lot of that kind of stuff is our guest tonight. Oh, and I would like to know if you could just give like two or three tips of things of alternative medicines that we should be looking for. Okay. Well, my first thing is you need to grow garlic. Garlic is good for an antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral. It's an amazing medicinal herb. So get out there and start planting some garlic. That's my first thing. Second thing is spring is right around the corner for most of us in the South. And we need to start looking for those dandelions and, um, purple dead nettles and henbit and uh, wild, uh, well, clover, of course, and uh, wild violets. And um, those types of things grow in the spring because that's how God allows us to heal our bodies from the winter. Prime example, dandelion. Dandelion root is so good for a cleanse. It is your liver cleanse from where the winter you've had to eat certain foods because this is just the way the cycle goes. You know, you eat more meats, you eat more hot foods, you eat things to keep you warm and that liver needs to be cleansed. So in the springtime, God allows the dandelions to come up so that you can go and harvest those and cleanse out that liver. In the fall, prime example here you see a lot of ragweed and a lot of allergies coming in the fall, the mm -hmm. fall colds, the fall allergy seasons. But God allowed goldenrod. He put goldenrod out there so that we could use that to combat all of the allergies in the fall and to get us uh, prepped for the winter and build our immune system up. So those three things, um, you know, in the spring, look for your dandelions. Don't, I never cut my grass until all the bees has gotten everything that they could possibly get. I let my dandelions come up. I let my um, violets come up. I let all my purple dead nettles come up because some of those are the first flowers 
for the bees. So I let that stuff grow. And of course, my husband says, when are you going to let me mow the lawn? And I'm like, not right yet. <laughs> and so I go out and I harvest my herbs, uh, my wild herbs from my yard and um, then let the bees get what they want. I take what I want and then I let him mow the lawn. <laughs> well, I, I try to keep, I try to keep my lawn. I'm a beekeeper, so I'm, I'm really into this, you know, keeping the flowers. But so I try to keep my lawn, you know, up around the house, along the driveway, out between my fence and the street. And then um, on areas where my property is dipping down, I'll mow like the first couple of strips before it kind of goes down. So when somebody's driving on the road, you know, and they look, they don't see tall grass. I try to, you know, but I still try to keep the majority of the pasture full of the wildflowers. And even so, I have a neighbor who will come and help me by mowing. And, you know, that's, I don't mind it in the in the summer when I'm actually behind because it's been raining for six weeks. But, um, but in the spring, I, I wish I wish I could keep my flowers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, so once again, I've taken more notes tonight of some well, garlic I have planted is the one thing that I really can't kill. Seem to be able to, <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be easy to grow. But um, I'm going to be looking up dandelion root and how to turn that into a cleanse, I guess, through a tea, uh, maybe, right? Yes. Um, so, again, thank you uh, for, for more information. I get something from you every time. Good. Well, eating well, the leaves and the flowers will that thing? Say that one more time. If you eat the leaves in a salad, will that cause the same yes. thing? That will also do a, a cleanse. It'll start cleansing. Um, it also is good for your kidneys, uh, but you can't have too much too much because then it creates oxalates. So um, you want to do everything. You know, always research. Always research because if you're prone to kidney stones, then you may want to do just a little of the leaves or, you know, you don't want to go overboard and, and harvest every dandelion leaf in your yard and then make huge salads and eat them for two or three weeks. Um, because then you might, you know, just happen to have a kidney stone about four weeks later. <laughs> so you don't overdo just everything in moderation. Well, and I don't, I certainly don't want to face a kidney stone um, post SHTF. So uh, yes, good to learn these things cool. beforehand. Okay. So <laughs> as kind of a final uh, words for tonight, Linda, do you have any advice for brand new prepper who might be feeling overwhelmed? Well, as a brand new prepper feeling overwhelmed, I'm just going to say, take two steps back, breathe, and start with one simple thing. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen in five minutes. But if you just start with one thing, and my suggestion is always start with your water and get your water filters. Um, start stocking up a little bit of water. Figure out how you're going to get water if the grid goes down and you're in the city on uh, city water. How are you going to get water? So start with one simple thing, educate yourself on it, 
get prepared for that and then move on to the next. Getting overwhelmed is just going to make you run around in circles and you're going to panic and you're going to increase those cortisol levels and you're going to uh, get yourself really tired and then you're going to give up or you're going to cry a lot or you're going to stay frustrated or angry. Um, so just breathe one thing at a time. Educate yourself. Start with water. Just start with water. Because, you know, three days without water, we don't live. So let's start with water, people. <laughs> exactly. And I think I've felt all those emotions you mentioned at one time or another on this journey. So it's that's, that's normal. And put it down into bite-sized chunks, small goals. I, that's, that's great that's advice. Right. Uh, Preppy, do you have anything else for our guests? Just... Uh... Just glad to know her, and um, I'm glad she started the sisterhood. So I think it is very meaningful to a lot of people, as evidenced by the participation on Tuesday nights and and the, uh, the occasional, you know, after hours chats and things like that that happen. It's definitely meaningful. Yes. Yeah. So, any ladies out there, encourage you to join our Tuesday night uh, Zello nights and. Um, we, we welcome everyone. We love to have new people. And um, until next time, I think um, we will have another guest for you for the next podcast. And I apologize in the beginning of this. I think I totally even forgot to introduce myself. Uh, I'm Preppernet Patty and co-hosting with Preppy Squirrel. This is a learning curve. Forrest is probably laughing at me right now. Uh, but we'll we'll get we'll get better. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I think uh, please hit subscribe and um, uh, mercifully give us five stars if you feel like it. We're going to get in the groove and get better as time goes by. Thank you so much, Linda, for for being our first guest. Thank you for the invitation. I enjoyed every minute out of I love being with you ladies and Forrest. <laughs> All right. Take us out. Thanks for listening to the Prepping Academy podcast. Preppers unite at www.preppingacademy.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com.